Welcome everyone back to another episode of Muggle with a mic. And today is our Halloween episode. Hey Phil, happy Halloween. It's Jafar. Thank you very much. <laughs> Apologies. What's what title should I call you? <laughs> Just Jafar is fine. Okay, Jafar. And who else are we joined by Jafar? Uh, Iago's right back here. Oh, Iago. Yes. Can't forget Iago. Who? Yeah. The voice of Passed Away last yeah, year. Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey. Yep. Uh, I think it was earlier this year. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was recent. I think it was. Yeah. Well, my I'm thinking more along the lines of Elphaba's family or skin tone. Who, who else are we joined by? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're joined by Frankenstein, a.k.a. our Halloween horror expert, John. Hey, John. Hello, how are you? I'm well. How are you? How is your brain today? Very normal. Very normal. Not, yeah. not Abby it's not normal? It's not Abby, 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 Abby normal. <laughs> See, I did watch it. Okay. So we're today's our Halloween episode, so of course we have John back on. Last time we had John on was Halloween. And what were the three movies we did? Psycho. Tucker. Yeah. Tucker and Dale and um, Monster Squad. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was Jafar in that? No. No. He should have been. <laughs> Frankenstein was. Yeah. But we are going to do a little bit of movie news before we get into all the Halloween stuff. The one movie news thing I wanted to go over today was, Phil, you always mentioned that Famous actors and people go in threes, and we just had our third one mm -hmm. today. So the first was, since our last episode, was Angela Lansbury, then Robbie Coltrane, and then today I just saw that Leslie Jordan passed away. Mm. He's the, I didn't see that. But. Yeah, he's the short little comedian guy from mm -hmm. Will and Grace. Mm. Mm. That's probably not funny to joke about right now in memoriam. Okay, let's move on to Halloween stuff. We'll do a little bit of Halloween talk. John. Yes. What I'm is up, your... Up, up. Oh, I'm so sorry. Drinking vessels. Yes. I'm so sorry. Mine's not full. But uh, why don't we let our guests go first with our mugs? Uh, today I got on uh. Halloween a spooky ghost mug. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> Kind of matches my shirt. Oh, we forgot to also mention what I'm dressed as. I'm dressed as three-hole punch Jim from The Office. The most simplistic costume you could ever do. <laughs> Speaking of The Office, my mug, I'm just reusing my Dwight mug because I feel like Jim would would appreciate that. So uh, what's your mug? I'll allow Philip? it. You'll allow it? Thank you, Judge Mine Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is uh, Nostromo from hey. Alien. It's uh, it kind of looks like the interior. And wait a minute, let me drink some of this down because I don't want to spill liquids on my keyboard. But I don't know if you can see. There's like an alien chestburster. That's the one you mentioned like on the, the last mug. episode. Yeah, I mentioned it last last uh, episode. And since it's Halloween, I got it out. There you go. There you go. I feel like some of us put in more effort than others. Yeah. He he looked at me when he said that. We're using <laughs> mugs. Hey. Well, this Simplistic mug is the costumes. No, the mug goes with the costume. I had to go with this one. I couldn't go with any other one. I'll allow it. Identity theft is not a joke, Phil. Jafar. Millions of monsters suffer from it every Halloween. <laughs> Get it? Because everyone dresses up as them. Get it? Identity? Okay. Yes. Let's do our everyone's favorite Halloween movie. John, what's your favorite Halloween movie? Um, oh. Favorite to watch around this time is called uh, Trick or Treat, which is an anthology film. It, it's been around for a while now, but it just got brought back to some theaters, and there's talk of a sequel going to happen. When did it first come out? I really couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Like eighties, uh, nineties. It was in the two thousands. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. What's I don't the premise? Think I've seen that one. Um, it's basically um, so it's an anthology and the stories are kind of interconnected by this one character called Sam, and he's kind of like the 
spirit of Halloween. Mm -hmm. And when people are kind of against the idea of Halloween, he kind of comes yeah. and takes his revenge on them. There's, there's one scene where a girl, a lady says she hates Halloween. She blows out that jack-o'-lantern candle before Halloween is over. Oh yeah. You're not supposed to do so that. Right? He comes and gets her ah. and there's a lot of inter intertwining stories in that film. So interesting. It's, it's, it's an in intellectual yeah. Halloween movie. Anna Paquin was in it. I think she's the big, biggest name in it. Okay. That's, um, what was the HBO series? True blood. That and also fly, fly away home. X-Men. X-Men. That mm -hmm. one too. Yeah. But she was the, the geese movie. Remember she had the, I love that movie. Phil, your favorite Halloween movie. Also, I just have to say it's a very funny seeing Frankenstein have full sentences. <laughs> in in the original, he was just grunts. Yeah. In Broad to Frankenstein, he learns how to speak. Okay. But it's usually like, mmm, good, yeah. good. Like caveman. One of the lines is love dead, hate living. Oh, okay. <laughs> love dead, hate living. Well, he's accomplishing that. Actually, family tradition, we always kind of like on Halloween night, we watch uh, Scrape Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That's a good Can't one. Go wrong with that. I don't know if that's considered a movie, but. Yeah, it's a TV movie, right? It's a TV movie, but probably my favorite scary movie would be Alien. So is that considered a Halloween movie? Heck, I mean, any movie can be a Halloween movie if you want. That's true. That's true. It's a, it's a scary movie. I mean, I don't know. What's your favorite one? Well, I'm, I don't really, I mean, whatever I say is going to be wrong because I don't really, I'm not a huge, you know this, I'm not a huge fan of scary things. So I loved Casper as a kid and it was just on TV the other day and I was watching it and it was, memories were flooding back. So right now at this moment, Casper the Friendly Ghost mm -hmm. <laughs> with Devin Sawa. <laughs> I actually just bought that Blu-ray for my daughter as kind Did of you? a gateway into yeah spooky stuff so maybe that might be a good gateway for you too it's a it's a good gateway for <laughs> adults and children <laughs> no i liked it because as a kid it scared me but it was still entertaining for me to watch i wanted to keep watching it i mean like the three would you call them his cousins mm -hmm. they were they freaked me out and the, and the mean lady was scary and yeah, when we were watching i forgot about the part where her dad dies oh yeah I kind of forgot about that. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. And there's some and stuff. Kind of about the, uh, that a parent would die in a kid movie. Right. Well, every Disney movie, their parents. Well, I mean, parents every die. Disney movie. Yeah. What about Beetlejuice? Have you seen Beetlejuice? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And I saw that as a kid and it didn't. It, it freaked me out, but it, not so much. Like the scene when he's in the waiting area and his head gets shrunk. Mm -hmm. That freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I love the dancing scene at the dinner table. So, and it's Michael yeah. Keaton. We were just talking about him. Yep. Good movie. So one more question for Halloween themed, and then we'll get into a quick talk about young Frankenstein. Team vampire or team werewolf? In other words, if they went into a battle, one, who do you think would win? And two, who would you want to win? Contemplating Frankenstein contemplating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I would go with a teen werewolf. Um, Are we talking Michael I J. Fox? Because I think they're more relatable, turning into a hairy monster, going through puberty. I think we all have experienced something like that. <laughs> it's relatable, that's for sure. Wait, are we talking Michael J. Fox teen wolf, or are we talking MTV 2000s teen wolf? Or werewolf by night werewolf. Or Well, but the, we're talking teen wolf. Oh, I thought you said team. No. Well, yes, oh, but... Oh, I thought you... No, I said team. Team. But you chose... I thought you said team, too. Like... <laughs> I thought you said team, like... Uh, team, this know. questioning has gone off the rails. <laughs> no, team. T-E-A-M as in... Yeah. Mm, Frankenstein. Mm. <laughs> so you would choose werewolf even I stand then? by my answer. Yeah. Okay. Teen or no team. What about you, uh, Phil? I would go with uh, Werewolf. I think Lupin would rock it. See, I'm going to go with Vampire. Because I feel like the Werewolf is too instinctual. And the Vampire is more intellectual. 
and will think things through and be more cautious, whereas the werewolf's just going to run in like a bat out of hell, <laughs> which is, get it, bat, vampire. But it's the, anyway. Uh, so I go team vampire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would want the wolf to win. The wolf is more, he's like a little puppy dog. But I think vampire would win in the end. Okay, let's get into quick talk about Young Frankenstein. Uh, it came out in 1974, rated PG, ran for one hour and 46 minutes. And the synopsis is an American grandson of the infamous scientist struggling to prove that his grandfather was not as insane as people believe is invited to Transylvania, where he discovers the process that reanimates a dead body. Directed by Mel Brooks, stars Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, and Marty Feldman. Um, and a young Cloris Leachman. <laughs> Phil, why did you want me to watch this? It's a good movie. Did you? What did you think about it? I mean, I always watched it. I mean, I've watched it for years, and I always thought it was a good movie. I thought it was funny. Well, I liked it a whole lot better than the last movie, the last yeah. episode movies, like Animal House and stuff. Yeah. But um, it, it I love the puns. That's my type of humor when you take subtle things and make them hilarious. Um, like for in instance, when Igor says, "I have a hunch." <laughs> I mean, I love a good dad joke. Come on. Mm -hmm. I did. I will say I got a little bored near the end. Now, it might have been the time and day that I was watching it or something like that. But I did like it. It was black and white. They That was clearly a, a decision they made for it to be black and white because we're talking 1974. Sure. Yeah. Gene Wilder is just so iconic. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Any film with Gene oh. Wilder yelling. Yeah. <laughs> At the top of his lungs yeah. is, is always pretty hilarious. Would you? Would you, what's your favorite part? Why do you? Why were you drawn to this movie when you watched it, Phil? Because of Gene? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, I I probably watched that, watched it back in the early eighties, late seventies, but it was just always found it enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Thought it's a classic. It's a classic. Is it one of those films that you watched over and over? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I figured pretty much everybody's seen it by now. But had you seen it before, Frank? I have. Yep. Mm -hmm. I remember watching yeah. that when I. Was What's your opinion on little, it? Little. I I like it because it's um almost like we just said with Casper, almost a gateway horror. So if you watch Young Frankenstein when you're little, you might be inclined to actually go out and see the films that was based on Frankenstein, the classic Universal movies. Do you think it? Do yeah. you think it wise or does it matter that someone watched this before they know the story of Frankenstein? Well, I think the story of Frankenstein, everybody knows. It's kind yeah. of entered in in our zeitgeist of... Your parents tell uh, you the story if you don't already know it. Of our it. culture, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, any show's got some kind of a, a parody of Frankenstein or any movie. that um, So... I just got to say, sitting here, looking at the screen, seeing literal Frankenstein <laughs> sitting next to me. If, you, if you're if you just listening to this as a podcast, please go on YouTube and watch. <laughs> Phil, Phil and John really did really well on their costumes. And you actually, you went for trick-or-treating last night, but your whole family was dressed mm -hmm. up. Yep. What was Elizabeth dressed as? Um, she went as Morticia and That's right. Nora was uh, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Well, Morticia's husband, what's his name? Gomez. Gomez wouldn't like her Gomez. going around town with Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, th I think like with, with young Frankenstein, I mean, back then they kind of, you know, poked fun at, at the story, but it was more intellectual humor mm -hmm. than like today's, like if you get into like, like scary movie and stuff, it's all just like one shot visual you know, one-off gags back then with, with Mel Brooks and um, you know, his, his movies that he did. I mean, there's some of that, but a lot of the stuff you kind of have to think about. Mm -hmm. So I think the humor is a little bit more in depth mm -hmm. than the, you know, mm -hmm. comedy movies that you have today. It, it's a movie that I would say reinvented the genre of a horror comedy because for the yeah. original universal monsters, they were pretty popular through the late late 30s, early 40s. Their popularity started to wane. 
and then they had the idea of combining the Universal Monsters with uh, Abbott and Costello. Mm -hmm. So they had Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. Uh, It brought a little bit more popularity back to the monsters, but then they kind of died off after that. Because once you make fun of them, they're not scary anymore. So right. The, the uh, classic Universal but Monsters. But that brings people like me in to watch yeah, them then. The classic Universal Monsters after those Abbott and Costello movies, kind of, they quit making those. And it became the 50s and sci-fi was more mm-hmm. popular. So we didn't have that anymore. So Young Frankenstein came and now we have horror comedies, which is a pretty popular subgenre of horror. Yeah. Like think of things like, like Tucker, Tucker and Dale, and Dale and, uh, yeah, Shaun the Dead and things like that. So we wouldn't have those films, I don't think, if it weren't for which. Yeah, those are the kinds of movies that I would would watch. Like I told, I think were we talking this last time? Maybe it was just me and Phil, but I like suspense, but I don't like gore. So if you've got a movie like Signs, mm-hmm. stuff like that, that's scary because it's suspenseful. You're wondering what's behind the door or what that noise came from. But the whole bloody gore, that kind of stuff's not appealing to me. I know they've had several reboots of Frankenstein in, I don't know, the last couple decades. But do you think if they tried to reboot it now, like in the vein of like The Mummy, like they had, you know, Brendan Fraser and then later they did Tom Cruise. Do you think it would would do well if they tried to kind of modernize it a little bit? It depends on how they made it. If they stuck closer to, you know, the horror and the gothic, it would be successful. If they went like action film, like that Tom Cruise mummy movie was, I think that's mm-hmm. the, that would not be uh, very uh, well received. I think there was always rumblings of a, a new Bride of Frankenstein with Angelina Jolie in it. Mm. Um, I've I've not heard much about that one in a while though. So you know. They're trying to bring them back. Um, they just don't know how to bring them back, back properly. I know they want to do a connected universe, but. Um, what would, what, how would you feel yeah. if like they did a MCU, but with its monster cinematic universe? Yeah, that's, that's what they tried with that mummy film. Yeah. And it failed. Yeah. Um, Are we talking Brendan yeah. Fraser mummy? Uh, no, Tom Cruise. No, no, no. Tom know this Cruise. Movie? They were going to have like a dark, dark universal and try mm-hmm. to redo all the classic monsters and yeah. bring them forward into the and, more modern age. And, and, when uh, was this? Just a few years ago. They had, oh, I missed a, this. Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, Guillermo okay. del Toro was going to do Creature in the Black Lagoon. Yeah. But everything fell through. So he turned that into um, the Shape of Water. I was just going to s- mention Shape of Water with, along that line. So, well, so the Shape of Water did, did, did well. Did you see the Kenneth Brenna yeah. Frankenstein? Yeah, I like that one with uh, Robert De Niro as the monster. I had uh, Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. That followed the book a lot more closely yep. than some of the mm-hmm. other adaptations. Young, back to Young Frankenstein. I really like the Inspector as well. <laughs> this guy, oh, yeah. with the, the arm, arm. With the darts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just stuck him in there. Oh, <laughs> and they used him as a batting ram. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That was yeah. that was pretty good. No, when he came on screen, he stole the screen. And the fact that he was talking, they couldn't understand him because of his accent. And why was he that he only had the Transylvanian accent and everyone else was British? You're probably the only one who noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some accents. <laughs> uh, anything else on Young Frankenstein before we go into Werewolf by Night? Good movie. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, for any time of the year. Oh, we yeah. we Are forgot you to talk glad about. That you watched it, Katie? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I enjoyed okay. it. Um, and when I saw Peter Boyle come on the screen, they did that dance number at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that a thing with Frankenstein that he doesn't like fire? Yeah, I didn't know that was a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is what's what is the reason behind it? Because of the electricity, or um, he's. Just, just has a just like, a fear of it. Um, yeah. It's a good fear to have. You don't and that, that had Gene, Gene Hackman in it, too. He was yeah, like the... He was the hermit. The blind guy that, that uh, befriended him in the shack where he, he was lighting a cigar. The and he priest? Thumb on fire. You yeah, know Gene. what? I thought it was him, but then I was like, he looks too old uh-huh. to be him. I think it was uncredited, too. Well, they had him... 
That's I'm I'm really you guys made me feel less insane because I when he was going to his like his mannerisms and stuff like that, it was like that seems like Gene Hackman. And then but I was like, he's too old to be him in 1974. There you go. Yeah. I love him in the quick the dead, quick in the dead. Oh, what's that movie with the the western one? Yeah, quick in the dead. Yep. Yeah. Russell Crowe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, Sharon Stone as well. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, there we go. There's Young Frankenstein. And we're going to go. I'm going to do an ad break here. The Monster Mash. This <laughs> is the Monster Mash. Paging Dr. Weedy. Paging Dr. Weedy. Please report to Muggle with a mic. Welcome to Muggle with a Mic's Doctor Lounge, where we get medical knowledge and expertise from our resident doctor, Dr. Weedy, an actual medical doctor. Hello again, Muggle with a Mic listeners, and thanks, Miss Katie, for another opportunity to inject some medical background into this episode's topic, Werewolf by Night. I do want to thank you for making me aware of this Marvel special presentation. I watched the show both to research your question and just for general entertainment, and I was entertained. You asked a three-part question regarding the fight between Elsa and Simon. I will answer each part individually. Number one, is it reasonable to believe Elsa could have cleanly cut off Simon's arm as she did in the show using Jovan's axe? Specifically referring to the scene in question, I will have to say no. Number one, is it reasonable to believe Elsa could have cleanly cut off Simon's arm as she did in the show using Jovan's axe? Now, generally speaking, a human using optimal athletic form and a well-sharpened axe under optimal conditions could cut completely through a forearm. Jovan was a master monster hunter as evidenced by his 57 confirmed kills. I assume his axe is exquisitely balanced and exquisitely sharp. The soft tissues, skin, muscles, tendons, and ligaments would be no issue at all. The two bones of the forearm, the radius and ulna, would present some resistance, but would be similar to chopping through a couple small tree branches an inch in diameter, keeping in mind they are hollow. But I would have to say no, she could not have made such a clean cut. Although I am sure Jovan's axe is unbelievably sharp, there is the issue of optimal axe swinging form and optimal conditions. Let's apply some principles of kinesiology, which is the study of human form and motion. Anytime a human wants to apply maximum force to swing an object, they must load up energy and then unload that energy. Katie, when Sidney Crosby wants to put maximum force into his slap shot, what does he do? He uses his feet as an anchor and digs into the ice. He then loads up his entire body, legs flex, hips rotate, and upper body twists away from the goal. He raises the stick high in the air, again rotating shoulders and arms away from the goal. At the perfect moment, he then unloads, pushing with his legs, rotating his hips and upper body towards the goal and coming down with his arms to hit the puck with maximum force. He will then follow through to direct all the energy into that shot without trying to stop himself and waste any energy. Of course, his shot will be two feet wide of the net, but that's another conversation. Dr. Weedy. I'll add to this conversation at the end. Bear with. Continuing on, Dr. Weedy says, one issue regarding part one of your question is with Elsa's form. When she delivers the blow to Simon's forearm, she is leaning against the door, holding Simon in, and is using her left arm to redirect his forearm crossbow weapon. The majority of her energy is being applied to these two tasks. The energy in her swing with the axe is coming from only her right arm and the weight of the axe. That may cause a significant injury, but it wouldn't be enough to sever the arm. 
Her blow also suffered from suboptimal conditions. Sharp objects cut by applying all the force of the swing to a very, very small area, namely the edge of a weapon. Clothing of any kind, even a thin silk martial arts shirt, would spread the force of the blow enough to substantially reduce the cutting force of the attack. Part two, you asked if blood would have fanned out from the wound from centrifugal force as they fought. I have to admit, this question confused me because after watching the scene and re-watching it a few times, I was actually surprised by the lack of blood coming from the stump of Simon's forearm. I was confused not so much by the lack of blood being slung from the wound by the fight, but by the fact that the stump of his missing arm was not shooting blood from the cut arteries. I assume nearly all of your listeners are aware that our blood circulates through the body under pressure. Boom, 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 boom. The pressure is produced by the pumping action of the heart. Blood pressure by convention is measured by how many millimeters high the pressure in your circulatory system would push a column of liquid mercury. Because, well, old blood pressure machines literally used a column of mercury and you watched how high it went when you measured a person's pressure. And yes, I am old enough, that's Dr. Wheaties old enough, to have used these gauges. These days it's measured by calibrated gauges or electronically. This pressure exists in the arteries that take blood from the heart to the body. The veins that bring blood back from the body to the heart have a much lower pressure. To give you an idea of how much pressure exists, let's use a typical resting blood pressure of 120 over 70. The 120 is the pressure in millimeters of mercury that exists in your circulatory system when your heart contracts and the 70 is when your heart relaxes. During a fight, when you are exerting yourself and suffering the stress of having witnessed your arm being cut off, your pressure would probably be around 200 on the top number. That is around four pounds per square inch, a more common way to measure pressure. In spite of the fact that blood pressure is a fraction of the pressure in our water faucets, it can still shoot six to 10 feet from a severed artery. That combined with the four to five liters of blood that we have in our system would make quite a mess regardless of spinning or centrifugal forces. There should have actually been more blood coming from Simon's wound. And finally, you asked if Elsa really needed to keep Simon quiet after he took the arrow to the chin. I'm going to ignore the fact that the arrow entered under his chin and out through his mouth at an angle that would have required him to have his head thrown back, gazing at the stars directly overhead, rather than looking at her when she shot him. I will simply answer your question, and the answer is absolutely yes. She did need to cover his mouth and control him. Assuming the arrow was not poisoned, the injury it caused did not involve anything vital. Outside of pain and the shock of having an arrow through your chin and out your mouth, it should not really have affected him at all. Even if the arrow had gone directly upwards through his chin, through the roof of his mouth, and through the anterior lobe of his brain, he would still maintain some function. I refer you to the story of Phineas Gage. Mr. Gage was a railroad worker in the mid-1800s who, as a result of a freak explosion, had a four-foot-long rod shot into his head near the left jaw and out the top of his skull. Not only did he survive for another 12 years, he overcame some initial behavioral issues to become a fully functioning member of society. Simon's injury paled in comparison and should have very little effect on a trained warrior. I would guess his decompensation was based more on the loss of blood from the arm wound and the resulting lack of oxygen to his brain. Once again, I enjoyed evaluating and researching these answers. Upon analyzing Elsa's fight with Simon, the results were very suspect based on hard science. Fortunately, I tend to suspend my belief systems so that I can enjoy such shows for what they are, entertainment and not a factual science-based drama. Thank you, Dr. Weedy. 
Katie's just gotta say. Let's go Pens. Sid the Kid. I love Sidney Crosby. Boo Blue Jackets. Katie out. Let's get back to the episode. Hey, Muggle with the Mic listeners. Have you heard about an app called Newsly? Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even if you are so inclined, the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. The entire web becomes listenable for the first time, all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. And they have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. Muggle with a Mic is there too. They even have digital radio. Download and use Newsly for free now from Newsly, that's N-E-W-S-L-Y dot M-E, or from the link in our episode description, and use promo code MUGGLE and receive a one-month free premium subscription. Stop scrolling. Start listening. Newsly. And now we're going to get into Werewolf by Night. This one was suggested by John, and it was a very good suggestion because he knows that I... it was new and yeah. none of us had seen it yet. So I thought we'd try that out. And the and the craziest thing is, I think Phil, you had heard about it. I had not heard about it. They weren't like really fully advertising it from Disney Plus, which I find odd. But yeah. um, it is not a movie. It's a TV special. Came out this year within the past month it's rated tv 14 and it ran for 52 minutes if here john's gonna do the synopsis in a world follows a lycanthrope superhero who fights evil using the abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the first incarnation of werewolf by night AKA Jack Russell, which is a pun. I think Mel Brooks named him. Uh, first appeared in Marvel Spotlight number two in 1972, while the second incarnation, Jake Gomez, debuted in Werewolf by Night number one in October 2020. Readers have often pointed out that the lead character's name, Jack Russell, is also a breed of dog. Conway has said that while he cannot remember how he came up with the name, it is unlikely that he is making this canine reference consciously since he did not own a dog and never lived with one growing up issue number 32 from 1975 contains the first appearance of the moon Knight as well fun fact yeah marvel in the 70s put out a lot of horror comics hmm. uh, they had this mm -hmm. one and they had one called tomb of dracula and that one had the first appearance of blade of blade yeah mm. oh interesting so if it wasn't for those horror ones we wouldn't have some of the even bigger characters mm -hmm. yeah like moon knight since it had the first appeared in moon knight do you think they're going to somehow connect this special to another moon knight series uh, it's possible yeah yeah that they could cross off. i don't i wouldn't put it past them <laughs> <laughs> they do want that they money <laughs> that's actually one of the reasons why i enjoyed werewolf by night so much is because it didn't connect to anything because <laughs> yeah. I kind of find Marvel movies right now to be kind of exhausting mm -hmm. uh, and yep. the TV shows. So this one, you can just watch it and enjoy it and be done with it. That is, it's so true. what do you think, Phil? I liked it. I liked the uh, attention to detail they put in it because they tried to make it look like a 20s, 30s, old time, you know, they made it black and white and they even put, uh, the cue marks in the corner where they're changing the reels. Like uh -huh, yeah, circles. I noticed that. And they had like, you know, splashing blood on the camera. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was like they went the extra mile to try to make it look like an old timey classic horror flick. Yeah, and it was it was short, but um, mm -hmm. a lot of those horror movies from the 1930s were not very long themselves. Just usually around 70 minutes. 
Well, so it's they were, they quality, were not quantity. I, I mean, I was entertained the whole time. It felt like a two-hour movie, and it wasn't, which is a good yeah. thing. They they kind of they kind of like dumped you in the middle of the story. Like, I would have mm -hmm. liked to get a little bit more backstory on the protagonists, like with, Jack with the, or Elsa, the daughter, the girl. Okay, Elsa. Both. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Like Elsa, why was she kind of like the black sheep of the family? Mm -hmm. Like, what did she do? Why was she? distancing herself from the blood zones and then also jack it's like how did he you know the relationship with him and like man thing um mm -hmm. like I, I would like to kind of nor ted as he called him wasn't ted that. yeah and, yeah ted. <laughs> yeah man thing is another kind of character came out of that same time period yeah i think i yeah. i looked that up somewhere this is the bad thing is i i find something and then i can't find it but yeah man thing well, yeah. I, I, I liked it, but Phil, the reason they're probably doing that is they're probably going to do either a prequel something or they're going to follow it up with something else and answer all those questions for us. Yeah. You know, they're, well, that's so. what they do. They I make think, as much I think stuff as they can. they're just kind of testing the waters, you know, hey, let's see if we can do like a one hour one off special and see how well it does. I have to say. I will say like. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. No, I really loved. Well, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jafar. Um, no, I think I really loved Elsa's character. Again, as a female mm -hmm. viewer, Marvel has struggled with portraying, other than I think Black Panther, all those girls in there are awesome. But the rest of the female characters have kind of taken a backseat to the male characters. And I think Elsa was awesome. I thought her physicality was great. I thought the fact that she just couldn't stand, she couldn't stand people and she let them know it. And I think her character was re really good. And the actress that plays her plays Jenny from Outlander, if anyone else noticed that. But um, so I don't, I think she didn't realize she's Scottish, but she had an English accent. There's the accents again. But I just really think she was a good representation, female character for the MCU. Um, I would kind of like to know a little bit more about how the bloodstone works because mm -hmm. it seemed like it was kind of all over the place because when jack touched it he got knocked you know he couldn't touch it but he got like knocked back that's because he's and a monster right it. well yeah but they attached it to man thing and it didn't they were able to kind of attach it to his hide so like can monsters touch it or can they not touch it because uh, they explain that 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 it was on him and it would annoy him or hurt him a uh -huh. little bit while it was on it, him. Yeah, it would annoy him and hurt him. But like I said, yeah. Jack couldn't even get close to it because it repelled him. So, I mean, yeah. it not actually physically knocked him back. So, like, how was he able to have it on him? And then they used the bloodstone later to kind of, like, turn, you know, reveal that he was a werewolf. I don't know. It just seems like mm -hmm. a little bit of egg on how that bloodstone works. But... It seems like it could control monsters however the way they wanted to, perhaps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I almost think that it almost pulls the power from them when and and that causes them pain. And then when they shot the power out of it, that's what turned him. That's my theory. Okay. I don't know. Like it sucks the energy out of them. I just think it'd be interesting to kind of delve a little bit more into how it worked or like what the properties are exactly. <laughs> Right now, it seems like Marvel's just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, they just threw this one out there to see if it sticks or not. So if it's you know popular enough, yeah. then maybe they will. Would you want to see another series or just one movie or another special? Um, just do one-offs, I would think. Yeah. yeah, every so often. I don't really want to see a series. I think most of the series, some are better than the others, but I don't think any has been spectacular. It's like... Oh, if you had to choose a series, which would be the best, Loki? Mm, no, I like Hawkeye okay. out of all of them. I, I uh, think I've only seen WandaVision. Mm. And um, I started Moon Knight, couldn't get through it. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah, Moon Knight, but of... I'm a big Oscar Isaac fan. So that's that's why I enjoyed it. I think, I don't know, Loki to me was a little bit unbelievable. But I don't know, it just I, to me it kind of fractured things because it yeah I, I mean it's just like Give all the variants and stuff i mean and yeah i just 
I don't know. I, I mean, I watched it. Uh, it was okay. But it wasn't my favorite. Um, yeah. Is Henry Cavill going to be in it? In, in Loki season two? What? Oh, I don't know. Is that a Remember rumor? Sarah and I, Sarah, you and me, we talked about it on the Persuasion episode that he's supposed to be something oh. in the MCU. There was, it's rumored, but they don't know what exactly. But it was just rumored today or confirmed that he's going to be in some kind of another DC film as Superman. Well, spoiler alert. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, he was in uh, Black Adam, like, like just a little bit, like clear at the end. Which means which he'll I be guess in they finally, film. Yeah, I mean, I think they signed him on to Superman again, which that's been a big, long battle. So if I think as long as he's doing DC, they probably won't let him do Marvel. And as long as he's not filming another movie where they have to CGI a mustache out. Yeah. yeah it'll probably be good. Yeah, that was really bad. Um, speaking of CGI, I know Man-Thing was CGI, but mm -hmm. I really appreciate the fact that when the werewolf was on screen as practical effects. It was not CGI. Was so, it? Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I felt like I was going back in time to older monster yeah, it movies. Really good too. I thought yeah. Did you like it. Yeah. Well, they need to do more I, of that. Yeah, they do. And I, I liked how the bloodstone was the only thing I had color. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it was all black and white, but did you like at the end where, when it was turning to color, they were playing somewhere over the rainbow, which was a yeah. nod to wizard of was, Oz. Mm -hmm. I noticed that right away. I was yeah. really proud of myself, but probably it was a really simple thing to notice. Now, speaking of music, it was almost—it was almost like Han and Chewie, like, <laughs> you know. I, that's why I kind of like. I want to know more about that. You know, how they did he like save you sometime in the past, or like what's going on there? That's. I feel like he did I because like the, the fact that up. they woke up at the same campsite—it seems like that's had to happen before. He's had to wait out for him to change back into human form, and he had the coffee ready. Yeah. They've clearly been there before. Speaking of music, uh, the director, Michael, John, it's Italian. Giacchino? Giacchino? Giacchino! Giacchino! <laughs> anyway, um, he's an, um, he was the director of this film, but he's also an American composer for music for films, television, and video games. He composed the scores for the television series Lost, Alias, Fringe, uh, the video game Medal of Honor, Call of Duty, and other movies like The Incredibles, Star Trek, Up, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Jurassic World, Inside Out, Spider-Man, Homecoming, War of the Planet of the Apes, and Coco. And he's done so many other things, but he's he's known for a lot of Marvel scores, which I thought was pretty cool. And did you notice, what did you guys think when the ser when the special started? And the, the intro, the Marvel intro started out normal? And the slashes. Yeah, and it went black and white. Yeah. It had the slashes, and the key went to a minor key. Yeah, well, I did. I did have that in my notes too. That I really enjoyed the the music. Yeah. It. So I thought it was, you know, well done. Yeah, no, I I liked it, but I I music nerd me has to say, someone online said that it went to a minor key, but technically the Avengers, which is written by Alan Silvestri is the original is written in the key of E minor. And I believe this new version is in the key of G minor. So they're both in a minor key. Fun facts. <laughs> what did you think about the goriness? Cause it's rated T TV 14. What did you think about the centrifugal force blood? <laughs> <laughs> did you like it? Did you think it looked too fake? Did you think it was necessary? Um, Considering what was going on mm -hmm. and causing all the blood, I think it was appropriate use of it. Okay. Uh, it was black and white, so yeah. you, you lose some of the, you should lose the color, so, which also means you lose you lose some of the effect. You're the one that doesn't like gore. Did it bother you or anything like that? It didn't bother me because it was in the distance up until it was on the camera screen, but <laughs> the camera lens. But uh, well, no, it didn't bother me. That may be why they made it black and white. So they can get the the t you know the fourteen rating, and not oh. get a mature rating, or that that might be one of the reasons. Well, act technically, the director said he wanted a TVMA rating, but somehow it got a TV fourteen. He thought it was going to get an MA, which I don't think it would. It wasn't that bad, except for the arm getting cut off. But you don't really see that. Mm -hmm. You see the action, mm -hmm. but you don't really see the. Do you see the end of the arm? I don't think so. 
that kind of threw me too because I thought, okay, well, they're just hunting this creature. I didn't know they were like going to kill each other too. I mean, it's kind of like mm. Hunger's Games going on. <laughs> squid Game, Phil. Yeah, Squid Game. <laughs> okay, uh, I said it was kind of like dark, a uh, dark Knives Out because they the all the people come together and they all want the same thing. Mm -hmm. If someone died, they they come together for the last will and testament. Okay, what did you think about Dead Man in the Casket? <laughs> uh, I was just I was getting ready to bring that up. I was like pretty uh pretty creepy. Yeah, and you know yeah, yeah that guy had to test that before he died to make sure it was all right. So <laughs> right. I thought it was pretty funny looking. He was prepared. I mean, he had it literally all planned out. We thought the Queen had it planned out. Mister Bloodstone had it. You know planned what I out. thought? Like when I was watching it. Uh, of course, you know, there's going to be a werewolf, but I thought it was going to be, they were going to have to hunt him. Mm -hmm. I thought he oh. was going to be like, I'm dying. I'm, I'm going to, you know, get bit by a werewolf and then I'm going to match my wits against all these hunters. Yeah, I was surprised. You know, it was, going in it not was, knowing what the plot. I was surprised it was a man thing they were hunting. because I, I know who, who the yeah. character was, so seeing him pop up, I didn't know anything about him being in it. I still uh, yeah, keep looking no, at John as cool. Frankenstein. <laughs> it's Frankenstein doing a podcast. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, and then we have Jafar. <laughs> yeah. And, Which my headphones are too big to fit on my head, so I have to hold them. Is it working okay? Yeah, it's working. Well, John's is actually working because it looks like bolts in his neck. <laughs> yeah. But this, I got this silky material for my headpiece, and it keeps slipping down. Oh, sliding. Slip sliding yeah. away. Um, okay. Would you, question, at what order would you want to go into the maze? Would you want to be the first one, the middle, or the last? Um, probably the last. First. So hopefully they, they would have had killed some of them off already. <laughs> but they might have gotten to the bloodstone first. Yeah, that's that's true. I'd go but, in the middle. And I don't know how um how how much they stuck to it, but there weren't supposed to be any weapons except what they found in like the maze or on the ground. So you'd have mm -hmm. a be better chance of picking up weapons because you'd have all of them and being the first one to run in there, you might, you know, find the better weapons. Well, and looking back on it now, it's a good thing Jack went in first because he was Ted's friend. Yeah. But because so he he wasn't you were thinking he was scared. But he really wasn't scared. He, I think he was more afraid of being found out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a good special. I also love the sousaphone that was on fire. Fun fact, the guy playing the sousaphone in there is longtime director of The Simpsons, David Silverman, which he actually plays the tuba in real life. Fun fact. I liked how it uh, shot flames out the top. Yeah. Which was it more so there was stuff on the top of the bell? And it was just on fire, or was it actually shooting it out? I thought when he was like playing and it was like shooting. But... Okay, that's cool. It's like the opposite of blowing out birthday candles. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, uh, Man Thing. In the comic books, Werewolf by Night and Man Thing were members of the original Legion of Monsters along with Morbius and Ghost Rider. So, like, they have the Morbius movie, mm -hmm. which did you watch it? Nope. I, I heard it sucked. <laughs> Like I heard people walked out of the yeah, theater. I, didn't watch it I watched the first Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. Ah, oh, didn't they have more than one? Yep, two. Yeah. What's up, Phil? They had two, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just saying with the Bloodstone, how does it determine who's a monster? I mean, does it like, like go so like if you had a mutant, would it think a mutant since it has different kind of altered DNA? So how does it or is it more supernatural or how how does it determine who's a monster? I'm going to answer this for you, Phil. How, Google, how does the Bloodstone <laughs> work? <laughs> the Bloodstone granted Ulysses' incredible powers that included superhuman strength and speed, a re regenerative healing factor, immunity to vampires, shoot energy blasts, and some psychic power. It is also believed to be a conduit through which all magical energies must pass. There you go. It's just sensing the magic in the monsters, right? Yeah. It's a it's a magical sponge. All right. Yeah. Doctor Strange needs to get a hold of that. Oh. Since all magical energies flow through it. Yeah. What's the thing that he, he put it in the eye he of wears Agamotto. around his neck? The eye of Agamotto. 
what has happened to that? Who has that now? Well, I mean, he still has it, but that held the time stone. So the time stone is no more, but. Right. You can, you can put that stone in the Agamotto, probably. Oh, okay. There we go. All these theories. I think they're, the fact that this Doctor Strange one was kind of horror, mm -hmm. I, I think they're going to tie it in somehow. I have the bloodstone right there. You do? <laughs> um, I think if they want to keep this going, maybe one special every Halloween would be a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. Or or these characters you think that they we would do were the same characters or that's what I'm saying. I think that these characters are going to morph into other series, mm. and maybe they'll come back together they, on they Halloween. They all have their own questions that need answered, so I think you're probably right. They would try mm. that. Yeah. Who has the bloodstone now? Elsa does. So do you think she'll run into Doctor Strange? Maybe I don't know. Because he'll be all with the timeline. Where are we at? Is this in like present day that we were watching this, or was this years ago? I think it was present day. Okay. Well, one thing they had the high tech explosives. So yeah, yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, it couldn't have been. I mean, in the 30s and 40s, they wouldn't have had something like that. Unless the Avengers but time traveled. That's true. But unlikely. Um. I thought it was interesting that he smelled her real quickly so that he wouldn't kill her later. And she said, have you ever done this before? And he said, once. <laughs> and she's like, great. I'm stuck in a cage with you. Um, I did not realize her jacket was red, which I feel like, do you think that would be a call to like Dorothy with the red shoes? I just, I just thought of that. Uh, and that's all I have. I would like to know her intentions on, I mean, why did she want the bloodstone? Like, what's she planning on doing with it? Yeah, it seems like if she just, you know... Because she didn't like anybody. If she stayed with the family, she would have eventually got it. Yeah. just Because she even says, it's not your business what I do with it. But she clearly had issue with her parents. Yeah. And I feel like maybe they weren't using it properly. And maybe she's going to be the protector of it now. Which is, so it's probably well, better. Maybe that she, maybe she was close with her dad and it was her stepmom that kind of, mm. you know, kind of like the the old Disney trope, the evil. The stepmom, step Cinderella. Yeah. Cinderella, Elsa. Is that too much of a stretch? Yeah. <laughs> Can we please discuss one particular scene? And that is when Jack has that little circular bomb. And he needs to get it, blow out mm -hmm. the hole in the wall. Okay, he sets it, he pushes it on the side of the wall instead of just setting okay. it on the crack. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. like an enjoy. <laughs> I'm sorry, that really was a, that was my biggest pet peeve about this. Scene. Well, that's Marvel comedy, I think, yeah. right there. Okay, that's a perfect yeah. example of a high tense situation. They've got to put in some kind of a comedic element into it. Always, it's it's formulaic Marvel. But if they were going to do that, then it should be on a wall that doesn't have a crack. I get it that it's well, funny it actually, that it fell. I mean, it would actually work better going in the crack than just mm -hmm. being on the outside of the wall because it would blow outward. And, but, it, you know, physics. Yeah. <laughs> physics. Well, he is a werewolf. Physic, because, because physics... That's the other thing about Jack I liked was I liked how he had like the Dia de los Muertos makeup on. Mm -hmm. he, so his face looked like a skull. I like that touch. I'd like to know a little bit more about the other hunters too, because I don't know. It's just like this big Scottish guy and then like the Asian gentleman and then the other the one that was all dressed in white. I mean, I kind of like to know their story a little bit. Yeah. Too. The one who was like super, super thin, like almost she looked like she was dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder I wonder how she kills monsters. She kind of looked like a monster too. She was kind of Yeah, I was thinking is she the one they're going after? Is that Ted? <laughs> okay, uh anything else on Werewolf by Night or we can play the Halloween game. Let's play. Let's play the Halloween game. Okay. So, I have 10 audio clips. You guys choose if you want to play against each other or play with each other. Now let's do it against. Against. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So the way I'm going to do this, Phil, because I'm trying to find how to make it as fair for you as possible. <laughs> so 
I'm going to let John go first, but you pick a number between mm -hmm. one and 10, and that's the clip that I'll play. Okay. Okay. So let me, let me get a scoreboard here. John, Phil. All right. Which clip would you like? Oh, and by the way, this quiz is called This Sounds Scary. Mm. Okay. They're all clips from Halloween themed or scary movies. It's going to be a like a a line, a character that a character says. And you have to tell me what movie it comes okay, from. Got it. Okay. Which clip would you like? Number five. Number five. Show number me your line. <laughs> All right, here we go. Clip number five. Phil, please let me know if you hear it, but Phil or John's definitely going to hear it. You should be able to hear it, but here we go. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it or you can help me to stop it. Okay, I know what it is. What is it, John? That's, that's Dr. Loomis in the original Halloween. Correct. Um, okay, Phil, John has one point. Which clip do you want? You can't you choose five. Three. Three. Here we go. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Eyes beyond. You never wanted to look beyond the clouds and the stars or to know what causes the trees to bud and what changes the darkness into light. You heard it, right? Mm hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is it Frankenstein? Yeah, it's the original so. 1931 Frankenstein. All right, John. Give me number one. Little pigs, little pigs, let me come in. Not by the hair on your chinny chin chin. Then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. The Shining. Correct. All righty. Phil, which one do you want? Mm, ten. Ten. Okay. Feed me now. I'm starving. Massimo, <laughs> little sharp horse. That's correct. I'm starving. <laughs> I had to get a musical in. Give me nine. Town crazy. Well, there's no crazy people around here, right? <laughs> I don't know. It was too short for me to. When we played again? Yeah. Okay. Elf. Town crazy. Well, there's no crazy people around here, right? <laughs> I don't know. Phil, would you like to attempt to steal? I, uh, the crazies? No. That is a clip from uh, Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. Does it sound familiar uh -huh. now? Uh, kind of. All right. You've got two, four, six, seven, or eight. I'll take six. Six. Who are you going to call? Someone else. This one's a, this one's supposed to confuse you. Was well, it like the new Ghostbusters? You want me to play it again? I was... I'm ready with the steel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um. You want me to play it one more time? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Who are you going to call? Someone else. Is it nothing but trouble? Nope. No. Okay. I don't know. Are we ready? See, see. That is from Casper. Yes. <laughs> no. Was that Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. Yep. He had a cameo and that is Ray. Yeah. Cause he walks up to the house cause they're trying to get rid of these ghosts and he walks up and not even the Ghostbusters will get rid of them. Okay. I was thinking it was from the new one because they kept calling the shop and he was just like, you well, know, here, listen to it one more time, and you'll hear the voices of the cousin ghost. Yeah, you hear him laughing. Who are you going to call? Someone yeah. else. All right. 
John, you have got two, four, seven, or eight. Seven. Seven. Lucky number seven. Man grows what he can, and he tends it. Because what you buy is what you own. And what you own always comes home to you. I know what that is. Pet Cemetery. Correct. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought I had. I thought That's... I thought you were gonna be stumped there for a second. No, that, he, his voice is very distinct. In that oh, movie. iconic! I mean, like that, those are monsters. Yeah, that's right. Oh, is that the dad and yeah. from the monsters? Yep. Yeah. <gasps> well, that right. makes sense. That yeah. Right. Okay, uh, Phil. Four. Okay. Plague and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> nice freaking model. <laughs> <laughs> See, I will say, is what genre would you call that? Comedy horror, probably. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, called Tim Burton. Tim Burton. We had a little bit of a delay. All right. Uh, two or eight. Two. Number two. Daddy, don't drink it. Shut up, yo. Don't. That was Hocus Pocus. Yeah. All right. Well, John's won, but Phil, let's just see if you get this one. Ready? This one will be for all the marbles. All the points. All the points. This is clip number eight. Would destroy. You are too late. My blood now flows through her veins. She will live through the centuries to come, as I have lived. You got it? Well, I mean, it's, it's Dracula, but I don't know if it's like... Oh, that counts. Yeah, That's just it. say Dracula. Okay. I, I was going to say there's a hundred Dracula movies. So I, I was like, he's taking like... a while. He said the blood. <laughs> the blood! <laughs> blah, 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 blah. There you go. Well, Hotel Phil, Transylvania. Phil, you had four. John had five. The one that stumped you both was Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Happy Halloween. Thanks, John, for yeah. joining. And thank you, John and Phil, for dressing up awesome and Katie for being a loser. Yep. No problem. <laughs> I was so close. I never win those quizzes. I was so close. Yeah. He he likes he's he says that, but he likes to make our guests feel welcome. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, thank yeah. you. I feel welcome every time I come I'm gonna here. make the next quiz and it's gonna be Katie against um like the guest. Honestly, if you want to. You can try. Our next one might be Andor with Robbie. You can have me go against Robbie. He will win, <laughs> but we can see what happens. How much? Well, I got a wins. bone to pick with Robbie. <laughs> He's whipped my butt twice. Um, Not that much. More than twice, Phil. Like every time, like four <laughs> or five times. <laughs> I'm just rubbing it in. It's okay. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Frankenstein. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Do you have any final Halloween advice to everyone out there? Um, have fun this Halloween. Watch a lot of spooky movies. Um, that's, that's awesome that's advice. Really all you need to do on Halloween. Just watch a lot of scary movies. Get some candy. There you go. Favorite candy? Uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Okay. Phil? Same. Yeah. Kit Kat. What's the worst candy? Candy corn. If What's you say source? Tootsie if you're Rolls, rate, so... like, that's the pinnacle. Oh, you know I'm gonna. <laughs> I agree. Candy corn. Candy corn is like. Candy corn is like trash. No, no, that's yeah. about, no. That's a Tootsie Roll. No, mm. no, no. Tootsie mm. Rolls are so much better than candy corn. Uh, Especially the uh, fruit flavor ones. Those are really good too. Yeah, they used to give those to us in the bank mm -hmm. in the drive-through. Yeah. Yep. Oh. There you go. Because oh, I didn't like you. They're like, <laughs> we don't want your business. Here, take this Tootsie Roll. <laughs> or they were like, we just don't want Phil's business. Here's the Tootsie uh, yeah, Roll. Yeah, that's probably what it is. <laughs> All right. So we'll end this this Halloween episode on the uh, knowledge that candy corn sucks and Tootsie Rolls are awesome. Mm, no. 
I don't know about that. Frankenstein sound. <laughs> I'm gonna get mm. I'm gonna get voted off the island. Mm, you just good, made a yummy sound. Good. Mmm, <laughs> tootsie roll, yummy. <laughs> Candy corn, bad. No, I was just gonna say, what are, what are your plans for Halloween? Like, what are you gonna do on like trick or treat night? Do you live in a place where you're gonna pass yeah, out candy? I'll be giving out candy that night. I I live in town, but I live on a dead end street at the edge of town, so nobody walks on it because it's not connected to other streets. So you would think I'd get kids coming up to trick or treat, but they don't. And like the first time I was here, the first year I was here, I had a bowl. I was so excited. I was so ready. I had my porch lights on. I almost, I like, I wanted to sit out in a long chair, but it was too cold. So I just sat there at the door waiting for kids to walk by. No child walked by <laughs> with a costume on. No, nobody walked by because there's just, there's not a sidewalk on my street. You were like, you're giving out Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> no. You were like you're giving out in the pumpkin rolls. patch. Everybody's like, no. <laughs> Waiting on the great pumpkin. Never came. Never came. Yeah. Oh, well. But I was super excited about that because I had an apartment first and nobody came to that. And then I was like, well, now I have a house in town. No. Try giving out uh, Reese cups this year and see if you get people. You think they'll like smell them from afar? Yeah. <laughs> Jafar? <laughs> from Jafar. <laughs> uh, what are you doing, Phil? Uh, eating pizza and watching It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. There you go. That's that's I get a to go pizza. We always used to do that after trigger treating. We we would trigger treat, then get a pizza and go home and watch uh watch uh it's a great pumpkin Charlie Brown and eat candy. Go. So I mean I remember as a kid going through all my candy and like my mom told me I could like keep like twenty percent of it and the rest went to dad. I was like, How is this that's fair? Dead tax. Yeah, dead seriously. Tax. I'll tell you there's no better smell though than corn. like when you when you trick or treat and you have all the candy in your bag and the next day just sticking your head down that bag and all the different candies, it's, it's very distinctive smell, but it's just like everything all mixed together. It's like mm, Halloween. Yeah. They need to make a candle that smells like that. When I lived in a subdivision, we'd hand out candy. We'd always get like the teenagers had come through and then they'd run home and change costumes and come through again. I was they like ride the bike through the first. Yeah, yeah they they ride their bike the first time to get through fast. And That's terrible. And mm -hmm. I did that. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. Nah, they they didn't care. I know. It just means there's less less leftover candy for them to eat. Or they run out quicker. Yeah. You know how much candy candy half is. Half of it's going to sit there until now. thanks. It is, but half that's going. They're just going to just going to sit there till Thanksgiving, and their parents are going to throw it away anyway. I was doing them a favor. <laughs> you go ahead and tell yourself that. You actually <laughs> deprived the little child of their candy that year. <laughs> That's why I saved all the Tootsie Rolls for the kids that did that. And I just like, here you go. Here's your Tootsie Roll. That's what you get. And then I'd fling the candy corn back at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I like candy corn. Yeah. Hey, you can have it. And you give me the Tootsie Rolls. We should have trick-or-treated together. And then we could have exchanged them. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. We're going to end this Halloween episode with a trick or treat. Oh. Trick or treat. <laughs> trick or treat. <laughs>